is this thing on? Yeah. <laughs> How do we do this? <laughs> How do we do this? What is this? Okay. I think it's a podcast, Darren. I think we're on a podcast. Oh, Gee, uh, I've forgotten. This is a, this is strange territory, although it is slightly familiar. I think our podcast is called Myth Take. Oh, yeah, that's right. That myth, a fresh take on ancient myth. Now it's called coming back to me now. A fresh take on ancient myth. We are your hosts. I am Allison Innes. And I am Darren Sundstrom. And we are here to talk about myth and all of its interesting connections and threads into the modern world. That's right. We've got a new and special episode this, this time for you. <laughs> it's been so long since we've done this. I'm not quite sure how, we, how to even start a podcast anymore. <laughs> March 18th, 2020. Welcome. Oh, yes. Welcome. And we are in a brave new world. So we're actually recording remotely. So our sound quality might be a little bit worse than than usual. And for that, we apologize in advance. But we hope the conversation will be interesting enough that you'll stick around. I, I'm, I'm going to hazard to say that the sound quality will be better than you're normally used to. Maybe. We'll, we'll have to wait and see what uh, what what happens. There you go. So we have got a very relevant topic. You wouldn't think myth was relevant to a pandemic, would you? Oh, I guess not. No. I mean, there's pandemics in myth. We have like the famous Achilles and the plague yes. um, at the start of the Iliad. But right. I have been thinking a lot about heroes. Uh-huh. We're hearing the word hero used an awful lot these days to describe everyone from grocery store workers, delivery people, um, paramedics, doctors, nurses, um, anybody who's kind of doing anything any, um, related to, uh, to the pandemic, um, it's fairly widely used. And it's, I've, I've been thinking a lot about, about how it's being used in some of the um, messages, whether intentional or not, that are being sent when we talk about people doing dangerous jobs or potentially dangerous jobs as heroes. And I've also been seeing some of this come up on my Twitter feed. And I was actually... <laughs> Actually, even Mattel has got on this heroic rhetoric bandwagon, and they've produced a series of toys, um, figures of grocery store workers, paramedics, nurses, doctors, and it's called Everyday Heroes. So this is um, this is really grabbed grabbed a hold of our our discourse, and I thought maybe today we could have a conversation about heroes and maybe provide some context and just just think about, I, I don't have any answers, but just to, to think about and talk about some of the issues of how we're using this rhetoric of a hero in our modern pandemic lifestyle. Well, I think what do a, you think, Darren? You up for I, it? Well, I, think it's, I think it's a good thing. Uh, you know, like, I, like uh, your reaction, like mine is, you know, I've, my, my interest has always been piqued anytime that word is thrown about, and I always sort of scan and see the context of it and see how it's applied. Um, and, you know, there are some really rather striking connections to, you know, the ancient uh, heroic narrative or the ancient sort of hero of, uh, you know, the ancient figure of the hero. Uh, so, you know, I think it's something to, to look at, not only from sort of a modern political 
historical um, uh, context, uh, but is a larger societal issue. It's something that we have, and it's something that the ancient Greeks had. So a conversation about heroes in a contemporary pandemic atmosphere is also um, germane. It's also relevant to um, a conversation about ancient heroes um, going back to the Bronze and the Archaic Age. So why don't we start with a thorny question of what is a hero? Because we start this when we're, when we teach um, uh, the hero, the first year hero course at a university, and we often start in the very first class with a discussion with our students about what a hero is. And we get everything from Spider-Man to nurses to my mom. I mean, not my personal mom, but students saying my mom um, to um, Achilles and Heracles. Um, so I think the way we use heroes and think about heroes today is a little bit different from the ancient heroes and kind of who the ancient heroes were. That's true. Yeah. Well, we've kind of come full circle in a sense because, you know, we had a sort of very deliberate trajectory in those particular instances, uh, you know, trying to get students to see that the, that the ancient hero was in fact different than their contemporary and contextual understandings of, of, of heroes in heroic depiction or heroic narratives for that matter and and so once we started to talk about that they went oh my god really <laughs> they're kind of shocked to find out that they're actually quite different uh <laughs> on a number of different ways uh but then now here we are and we've kind of come all the way around the bend and that the hero as a concept is such a flexible idea such a, a convenient container that um it's it's uh it allows uh you know to it allows itself to to be reformed to be reshaped to um, to flex itself into new purposes and new situations. Yeah, and when we look at heroes like like Achilles or or Heracles, they're really they're driven by pride or what what we would call pride in in uh, in that they they want their own glory, which isn't something that we think about or we see with heroes. Like often, like our, in in the case of superheroes, those superheroes are disguised or unrecognizable in some ways when they're among humans. And um, I think that that's interesting, that that shift in who who they're being heroic for. Because I, I think we can, like there's- Totally. There's there's community benefit to what, an, to what a hero like Achilles or Heracles does. They do benefit their their community sometimes, but they also harm their communities too. Like, I mean, Heracles Heracles comes back and he kills his entire family, right? Yeah. Um, so, but 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 then he also does all of all of these great feats, which actually make life better. Like he kills this uh, rampaging boar that's been destroying and terrifying people, uh, destroying crops and terrifying people. Um, but he's not. I don't. I don't think we can say he's doing it for the people. He's doing it. Um, as part of his own heroics, it's yeah. it's 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 a self. It's more of a self-motivated. Like Achilles isn't in the war because he thinks it's a good cause to. In fact, he tries to avoid going to war to the extent that he is sent off to an island where he dresses where he's dressed up like a girl. Mm -hmm. um, but when he and during the war he does actions and he takes actions that are very detrimental to his community um and we see that right at the very opening of the iliad where he's where he's in a snit he's having a temper tantrum because his glory and his honor his is being is being diminished by somebody else so it's not it's not this communal idea of i'm in it for for the good of everybody 
Well, that's true, right? The epic hero is very sort of selfish in a way, and you're talking a great deal about an aspect of sort of heroic classical or epic heroic studies called the hero as anti-society. So heroes aren't very attractive figures because they 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 act as sort of catalyzing agents, and, they, and, and that catalyzation can often be good, but it can also be bad. So they are, you know, agents of, of guardians of evil as well as beings of uh, well-being. So they can help, but they can also hurt. So their transition from life into death is something that makes them, you know, kind of frightening and powerful, but, you know, something to be venerated and to, you know, to be worshipped in a way. That's what hero cult's all about. And we get into the idea of the tragic flaw, like all, all of the heroes that we study from from classical mythology, from, from Greek and Roman mythology, they've got this, or at least Greek mythology, they've got this flaw that is their, that is their downfall and is, and um, like Odysseus, for example, he's, he's a great hero, but in a lot of ways, he's a really terrible leader. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's not very good to his men, that's for sure. So then we come back to this idea of the modern hero and of thinking of like, you know, our parents or um, Spider-Man or um, a paramedic as a hero. And I think when we're talking about them as being heroes, we're not, we're, we're talking about in some ways a different kind of hero, wouldn't you say? Yeah, <clears throat> it's a very different societal role that's being sort of informed here. The term hero has been hijacked sort of in this context and being sort of thrown in and used for a sort of more rhetorical flourish. And, you know, it's 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 um, different. It's very different in a way. So, you know, we have to be careful about, you know, how we use the term because like anything else, it's it, it becomes an, a, a sort of a, uh, an empty moniker, a platitude that if it's just used and used and used again, it doesn't really mean anything, but it's thrown around with such great rapidity and such, um, you know, such ease nowadays that um, it's really lost all of its kind of power in a way. Well, I think it's interesting that that it's used in a sense of selflessness, that the, that the kinds of people that that our students or even our listeners would would think of as their personal heroes or as their heroes tend to be very self-sacrificial for somebody else or for their common good. I mean, coming back to the example of students who say like their mom, which is like, yeah, our moms can be heroes in this modern context because they give up and they can give up an awful lot and do an awful lot to make sure that their children succeed in whatever they're doing and, 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 um, and, and can go above and beyond. But, but they tend to be very self-effacing, which I think is really interesting. Whereas the classical hero is really out for the glory and wants the glory and wants the recognition and wants the fame that the people that perhaps we tend to think of as heroes today are not like they, they, they perhaps tend to be people on the sidelines who don't really advertise what they're doing, who are just kind of out there doing their thing and maybe don't even see themselves as heroes. And the problem with being that type of hero is that you stop becoming human. And you're just, uh, you know, it's just a thing. There are, you know, examples of these instances and in some of the um, resources that, that I had read that you had shared with me about this, um, you know, tendency to lionize these great individuals. And what it does is it, in fact, it short circuits the ordinary process of accountability and reform. 
So I can just wrap them in a heroic shroud and say, go on your way to self, uh, to, you know, martyrdom. Uh, and, um, and I don't, uh, what I've done is in essence, I've changed you, I've dehumanized you and severed you from any, um, you know, accountability or reform. So it's dangerous. Yeah, I found this idea of of the othering that 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 by telling somebody they're they're a hero, we're telling them that they're they're not really part of us, and that might not be our intention when we use that rhetoric. But there is that underlying idea that they're different and they're not an ordinary person like us. And then, yeah. and then that has knock on effects of what is that saying when when we're describing, for for example, as as a lot of the the examples that that we looked at and that we'll we'll share in the footnotes talk about. And the use of hero for nurses and doctors, but at the same time, we're hearing around the world of the shortages of the of the challenges of finding um, protective equipment and of nurses and doctors dying for doing their jobs. And uh, famously, perhaps in the UK on Thursdays, I think it's at seven or eight or eight o'clock at night, they come they come out and they they yeah, clap. They and yeah. they make a lot of noise for their for for their healthcare heroes. And there's the, the big question is who who are you who who do we do that for? Like, like yeah. who who is that for? Who who is that helping? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it's a it raises an interesting question. And like the like we were saying just a few moments ago about that idea about what it is that 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 informs the role of the hero and who is it that we are saying is heroic in these particular instances if we look at the at the sort of ancient mythological um heroic figure um whether they be a, a hero of genre say of epic or of tragedy or just more generally of mythology of that era you know they are they are like I had said earlier that they are sort of contentious and dangerous figures, but at the same time they act as intermediaries between humans and a divine source. And divinity, you know, it's been said that you know the idea is that one of the fundamental sort of problems that sort of generates the heroic idea is that existential question about where are the gods, which is something that you and I are familiar with um, with mythology or mythological studies. We generally call it mankind's alienation from the divine. Is heroes are there to act as intercessors or intermediaries, whether we call them demigods or just spirits of great men that have passed on. Um, they act in the middle space and they sort of address this sort of fundamental need to, you know, have questions about our isolation uh, addressed. We need people. We need divine figures. We need, you know, uh, this, these, these types of heroes to help us. Right. Yeah, we 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 need to believe that that there's people that are bigger and better than us in some way that that sure. can help us. And and I suppose at this time when we're when we're in the midst of a pandemic, when we're dealing with a tiny virus, that is really scary. And there are so many questions there are far more questions than answers that that need to have somebody um, who somehow is going to save us in, sure. um, in small ways or big is. Is yeah. is natural, but is 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 a very big part of that. Right. Well, so those heroes become a way for society to sort of deal with the pressures that are created when the boundaries of a society are tested and broken. And nothing tests or breaks the boundaries of a society than a pandemic. So it's only natural that in this moment, right, of this sort of existential threat, whatever it may be, to whom, to where, to how, that hero rhetoric rises up, uh, and then we begin to sort of talk about heroes because. 
you know, we need them. And, and it's a societal response. They, um, you know, they are required and it would be expected because it's sort of in essence in some way, to me, it sort of signals almost a faithless society. Like, you know, you can always say this sort of trite idea, like, you know, where are all the heroes in that sort of moment, you know, uh, when we need them? Well, we've manufactured them, but what are they at this moment in time? You know, that's what I'm thinking about. I think that's what we're both thinking about. Well, and I think it's interesting that grocery store workers are now being called heroes because these are these are jobs that are um, notoriously underpaid um, or like they're they're generally minimum wage. I've I've worked retail. Um, yeah. I've I've done my stint. You've done your stint. Yeah. Um, they're they're minimum wage jobs with no benefits in many cases and sometimes no security. Basically, like you get whatever hours you get and be grateful for it. Um, mm -hmm. I think they're usually non-unionized, are they yeah. not? Yeah. Well, and there are United Food Workers groups. Like, yeah, there, there are many that are unionized, but there are many that are not. And there have been really strong efforts by by corporations to, pre to prevent unionization. I know um, here in Canada, there was a, the big Walmart thing about four or five years ago, maybe longer. I don't know. It was before the pandemic. <laughs> it was a long mm -hmm. time ago um, when Walmart workers tried to to organize so that they could improve their improve their conditions. And and so so we have a group of people who are low, who are low income. Generally speaking, um, they they're doing this job. They're sometimes doing uh, doing this job at multiple places um, for very extended hours for very little compensation. And now here we are, and and we've I think generally we don't really pay attention to them. I mean, we go to a store. We if if we're looking for something, we might seek an employee out and ask them. But generally, we just kind of go into a store, we get what we need, and we leave, and we take it for granted that that is going that that thing we need is going to be on the shelf if it's not on the shelf sometimes we get mad at the at the employee who has no power over whether or not it's on the shelf um and now and now he and now here we are saying that they're heroes and there have been some grocery store chains um i know in the news who have given temporary raises to their employees during the pandemic of giving them an extra dollar to an hour. And I did see on Twitter a couple of days ago that Kroger in the United States has okay. said that they're going to end that and they're facing some some pushback um, on that. So so there's this idea that they're, we're going to call them heroes, but we're not going to recognize their work as heroic. Totally. And, and um, I think that that's really interesting that they're just, that they're, they're perhaps seen as 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 disposable and official quote that i had read right and and, yeah. and that was a walmart employee just talking about a very real you know situation where you know they're not given ppe they are not um you know given there's no social distancing uh this was er very early on and you know they're not given any particular consideration and they're not um you know heroic they are sacrificial and I think that, that the use of the, the term hero to describe these people uh, is a false moniker because, um, you know, they're, yes, they're doing what they should be doing um, and um, they shouldn't have to do what they are doing in the midst of a pandemic. Um, and this, you know, one of the articles talked about the hero gap, this sort of difference between what your average person thinks is heroic and what a politician nowadays might consider heroic. 
and how frequently the word hero gets used by a politician and how infrequently the word hero gets used by your average citizen and what it was or what they qualified as heroic and what it was that a politician qualified as heroic. And the idea was that this gap that exists there, you know, is really informative because, you know, it's something that has been weaponized and um, again, been used as a rhetorical flourish. And I would suggest from what you're saying that not only does it exist in the political world, but it has also sort of been weaponized in the corporate world. So when Amazon or Kroger or Zayers or Loblaws or whomever talks about- probably shouldn't need too many. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. They should should be very careful because um, uh, they're talking about inequities in their work environment that should be addressed anyways beyond the moniker of heroism. So whether they're health and safety issues or, uh, you know, the particular circumstances of this pandemic, those workers need protection and they need a working living wage and that's a universal that existed before the pandemic it's been exacerbated by the pandemic and will continue to exist after the pandemic so uh, if it took if it took this in order uh, this situation in order for us to recognize that then so be it but i don't think that many of them given what i've read will call themselves heroes they see themselves more as unfortunate pawns or in fact sacrificial victims and in order for us to have enough toilet paper or um, in order for us to buy a bottle of wine during uh, you know a stay-at-home during the pandemic and that that's truly unfortunate well, and, and I think that, that the heroic rhetoric has also become a shorthand for saying, I appreciate what you do. And, and I've been thinking about this in, in the lead up to our recording that I feel a little vulnerable in even questioning this heroic um, this heroic rhetoric because it is so strong that these people are heroes. And, and if you argue against that, you can be seen as yeah. unappreciative, yeah. right? And so yeah. I think in a lot of these these uses that maybe we're maybe um, corporations, politicians, the general public, that we just default to hero to say, I appreciate what you're doing. And like from from my own example, you're you're aware of my little mask making effort um, that that I was doing, and and, and I had I, I had a couple of people ex- express their appreciation for what I was doing in heroic terms, and it felt really awkward to be yeah. called a hero because I am in no way heroic. I'm right. just you understand. Yeah. So 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 I think that that sometimes in calling these people heroes, it's because we are not sure how perhaps how to say and how to show. We're either not sure or we don't want to take the steps to say and show that we appreciate them. So by just saying you're heroic, you're just you're just heroic. I can't like there's sure what, you're, I, you're just I hear a hero. That. There's nothing I can do. Yeah, and that's the last thing I want is people, you know, throwing rocks at anybody just because someone says, Hey, you're not a hero, you're happy to be a healthcare worker, it's your job, you should be doing it based on morality and you know your ethical concerns. But they're the first ones in many of the sources that I've read anyways that agree that this is overblown rhetoric and that, in fact, what they're doing is, you know, um, uh, their job, right, Uh, just to put it bluntly. You know, there are other examples. Like, I do hear what you're saying about, you know, that people, yourself included, are uncomfortable with this term hero being used for doing 
what you are doing. Now just consider whatever the whatever the instances may be. But you know, maybe a more precise definition is 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 required. Less sort of lazy thinking and and uh, about what it is like saying thank you or I appreciate it or a thumbs up or you know for in in many ways is what they're just people that are acting as models for norms of society of either good citizenship or volunteerism or political engagement those are the things that we should be valorizing not just sort of whitewashing it with a term like saying hero and then stepping back from it and everyone goes Oh my God, because hero is code word for so many things like martyrdom and self-sacrifice. And even in a few of the articles, they talked about the word hero being associated with fascism and fascistic rhetoric like homeland and, um, you know, um, language of the warrior and war rhetoric. So it's a huge sort of metaphorical complex that's a dangerous thing that, you know, we, we really need to be cognizant about how we use it. Yeah, and and I think it's 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 become, um, or or at least the way that I see it, and 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 in what I've read, um, I see it playing out is is a lazy excuse for us who are not the heroes, quote unquote, um, who who are not the healthcare workers, who are not the people on the front lines, to say, um, you're a hero, and that's the end of my responsibility to you because because that language. Oh, excuse me for a moment. Our um, new producer is oh, making too. an appearance. <laughs> oh. um, sorry, cat interruption. Um, where was I? Oh, just saying, you know, that um, you can just say, oh, you're a hero and go about your right. business. Because you right. don't have to think about right. responsibility. Because it's saying you're, it, it's, it's implying, I think, in many cases, you signed up to do this job. Mm -hmm. And... I would be very surprised if you found anybody who who knew in advance when they started their job they'd be doing it in a pandemic, mm -hmm. um, and and it then it then then as some, as the person who's saying hero uh, saying thank you you're a hero I feel good because I recognize that you're a hero and then there, that's that is the end of my responsibility what more do I need to do right yeah, and the even yeah. more insipid next step is once you've done that you've set them up to be sacrificed. So now you're comfortable with it because you, in essence, washed your hands with it. You'd say, oh, my God. Right. And then you throw this out and then all of a sudden you just sort of step back and then then, you know, they just disappear and, and they move on like almost like as if the mythological hero into the sort of great unknown with the unknown death. Right. To just what watch over us and so on. Like it's it's really sort of chilling in a way when you think about it. Yeah. And um that that was kind of where where I was headed with that. Yeah. That you know this this idea that that well they're they're doing their jobs. They should be there. Um, well, I mean, nobody knew that this was going to happen until until it happened, right? Mm -hmm. um, and like yes, like in in the case of healthcare workers, yes, they obviously want to help people, and that's I. Of course. I I guess why they get into the business or yes. maybe they're just really good at it and they enjoy it, whatever. Yeah. Um, but does that mean that we can treat them as disposable effectively? I mean, we've been very fortunate here in Ontario. We've only had one healthcare worker death, um, but there are places where, where a lot more healthcare workers are dying and, and they're not being protected. And, and I think by, by talking about them 
And the same for, you know, grocery store workers, delivery workers, whoever, by talking about them in terms of heroics, we're, we're trying to distance ourselves from them and kind of absolve ourselves of the need to actually, we as a society, of the need to actually do anything to help them. Because heroes don't need help. <laughs> well, uh, like in the mythological sense, generally, <laughs> right? I don't I know mean, if that's a, a statement I would truck with all the way through to the bitter end, but, no, no, we, but you're but, talking but, about but turning I'm, heroes into meaningless iconography, and I understand yeah, that. That's yeah. kind of so, what you're so at. What, yeah, so what I'm trying to say is that, like, Superman does his thing. Batman does his thing. And yeah. I mean, yes, they get a little bit of help, but they're not like, oh, hey, guys, you've got to reorganize your society. You've got to figure out these issues so that oh. I can help you. They come oh. in and they, they do their thing and then they leave. And, yeah. and, and there's, no, there's no obligation on society's part to pay for the Batmobile. Exactly. But then think about this, too. That's a perfectly valid statement, and I agree with 100% with your thinking. The, the idea of the heroic trope of the silent hero type. So now as soon as I wrap them in the moniker of the hero, not only do I set them up for self-sacrifice and eventual martyrdom, but and then I, I also disassociate myself with any responsibility because the hero that I've now created and projected onto another is supposed to be silent and supposed to be strong and supposed to be stoic. So they don't complain about inequities. I want those heroes. I want those healthcare workers and, uh, uh, and frontline you know, people in our society during this pandemic to be successful. And I want them um, to live but at the same safe. time, I want them to live. And at the same time, I also want them to, to get the tools that they need in order to be successful, right? Mm. You know, when you see that there, you know, that it's one N95 mask per day, you know, being rationed at a place that's being ravished by coronavirus, it really makes you wonder, right, about what's actually going on. Uh, I know it's a larger issue, but still at the same time, you know, he, even a Greek warrior like Achilles knows that he can't fight the Trojans without a new set of magic armor. You need a spear and a set of greaves to go back out into battle, right? Uh, you can prepare yourself only so much. But uh, there becomes, you know, a time when the sort of mythological hero, at least, uh, and the modern hero uh, needs uh, the accoutrement, needs the effication, it needs the, 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 the uniform of the heroic, right? They yeah. don't just stand there, right? Yeah, and, but, but, but by our rhetoric of calling them heroes, of saying that, you know, you guys are great, you'll figure it out. Yeah. I mean, we're, like you said, setting them up for sacrifice, self-sacrifice so. that they didn't necessarily sign up for. I mean, I, I am sure people don't sign up to be nurses or doctors. I mean, yeah. maybe this maybe this will change, but I'm sure people didn't sign up to be nurses or doctors with this idea that they were going to maybe die doing it. That's right. It is, the, the one quote that I had was, you ne I says, I never signed up to a fight in a war, but, um, but, uh, um, but I, I never yeah, you never signed up to fight in a war, but know that uh, it is your duty to, should one come, right? Hmm. So it's like, you know, you're a physician, you know, this person in the one article that I was reading was saying that, you know, yeah, he is a physician, but he's not a hero because he felt afraid. Mm -hmm. And he felt afraid for the future. He felt afraid for, you know, tomorrow like and for today. And, and by his definition, by his reckoning, heroes shouldn't be afraid. 
Well, and there was a case in the news, and I haven't added this to our collection. I I, I should. Of uh, um, in the United States, I believe a nurse who rushed in to save somebody who was coding, and she didn't take the time uh, to put on I, either either there wasn't time or there wasn't enough enough personal protective equipment. Um, but she wasn't able to put on personal protective equipment um, in, uh, in time to save this person. So she went, she focused on saving the person and she contracted coronavirus and, and yeah. died. Yeah, I heard that. um, yeah so, you know, so, so, you know, it, it's, it's heroic because it, it fits our idea of this, of this self-sacrificial, mm -hmm. but then we need to step back and say, well, why was she required to be heroic in the first place? That's right. And that's a much, much bigger question. And I don't know that we're asking those questions. Why are we asking these people to be heroes, to be our idea, our collective societal idea of heroes, of self-sacrificing heroes? Why are we asking them to be that in the first place? Why are we well, expecting think, that of them? Well, that's a good question. I think that's what that, what that considers, it connects to a larger question of sort of the rhetoric of sort of a larger military society. Society, like a militant state, like the idea of rhetoric is connected to warfare rhetoric and heroes is connected to warfare rhetoric. It's like they're talking about in some of those sources about how, you know, why, why is it, you know, like we just sort of look at it and say, rah, rah, great. What a great idea. But like, in, you know, these military flyovers, you know, in order to, to, um, to honor first responders. And, and you sit there for a second, you say, wow, great, look at that. Isn't that awesome? And then you scratch your head for a second, at least if you're a thinking person and go, what the hell's going on here, right? Mm -hmm. What's the connection between sort of this pandemic situation and this sort of um, overt sort of, uh, you know, uh, military expression, right? Well, and I think... I think that something like that shows shows this idea of I make a display of appreciation for you, and that is the end of my responsibility. Yeah. I've done my bit. I've done my bit. Oh well, it, it, it's it, but in fact, it's 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 it's. I think it's it's more it's more perverse than that because, like you know, it costs like eight thousand dollars per hour to fly an F eighteen, right? And if these things are flying over cities across North America in order to honor first responders, thousands and thousands of dollars is being spent in order to present this sort of idea. Why not just take that money and build some N95 masks and, and you know redirect it where it needs to be to, to be done? You know, like it's it's sort of it's strange in a way. Yeah, and I think there are people um, asking asking some of those questions as well. But but you're right, like you know, like standing out on your street corner and clapping for the healthcare workers is from a socially appropriate distance yeah. um, is it's going to make you feel good because you've done your bit to show appreciation, yeah. but what does it really do? And, and, and I don't want to say that those, those public displays of, of appreciation are wrong or bad. I think they're very complicated and people make a lot of choices to participate or not participate based on a lot of different factors. Right. And I think appreciation is very important in something like this because it's very, everybody who's doing whatever whatever your job is is very difficult during this time if you're fortunate to still have a job right so so i think displays of appreciation can be um can be very valuable in a larger in in both a very personal sense and in a larger societal sense yeah but but a display of appreciation has to be accompanied 
or should be, in my, in my mind anyway, should be accompanied by actions, concrete actions, wherever possible. It's some, and, so, and sometimes it isn't possible. Um, but, you know, in, you know, so, okay, so that we have, we have flyovers of, of, um, of military planes and it might make us feel good. It might make the people involved in the project feel good, but at the same time, that doesn't change anything on the ground, literally. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. And I think that it's vacuous because it's really tragic in a way, because what it says, at least in that context to me, is that the only metaphor that we can communicate with or connect to is a metaphor that we're comfortable with. So it's the rhetoric or metaphor of war. And mm-hmm. why, you know, what is that is, is that is the degree of our society and cultural vocabulary is to, to revert to these types of things. I know it's only natural, but at the same time, like it is a little bit disturbing. And some of those sources talked about how during a plague or during a pandemic, that the fear that's associated with this acts as a solvent for human relationships. So it pulls people apart during time during times of plague. Fear does. And people, you know, they hunker in, right? They self-isolate, they disconnect. Well, of course, we're trying to new ways in order to reconnect, but we're doing it sort of pseudo virtually, you know, through the internet and so on. But those small little sort of displays, those community-based things that you were talking about, about clapping for the NHS and the UK at 7 p.m. every night or something like that are important because it it acts as a counter agent to that sort of dissolution that occurs. Mm-hmm. During, so it draws people together. But that is a societal thing. That is a practice that I think is almost, in my mind, completely divorced from the heroic. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, you know, maybe, you know, you can draw a connection to it because you know, you see those people as martyrs and you need some sort of gravitation, you need some sort of focus that pulls people together. And, and I'm OK with that. You know, I'm, I'm not the last person uh, in the world to say that. But like that's that's totally fine. Fine by me. And and yeah, so I think I think um, our use of the rhetoric of the hero is more about ourselves than it is about the people we're applying it to. And I would go so far as to argue that it is actually detrimental in many cases to the people we apply it to. That we're yeah. using the term hero for all for for these other things about making us feel good about having these these moments, these um, commun- communal moments, shared moments, um, mm-hmm. a sense of kind of we're not as alone and isolated as we physically are. Yeah. But the cost of this, the cost mm-hmm. of this is that we are on many levels setting setting up those setting up those frontline workers for for sacrifice. Yeah. In, yeah, in some in some degree. Yeah, we're we're isolating and 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 insulating ourselves and and them from 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 everything else. Um, and it's not particularly helpful because it does other than, like you said earlier, it does dehumanize, right? And even, you know, even the 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 people that are what we'll call the frontline workers, or we will call the victims of this pandemic themselves, themselves, the people who who have died from COVID nineteen, are being called heroes, right? And that is something that, you know, the we see in mythology, we see in 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 ancient history, right? Um, victims of sudden and violent death, whether it be you know um, the 
the soldiers at Marathon or, or whatever, right? They have auto automatically become valorized. They've automatically been transitioned into some sort of uh, uh, supernatural figure, right? So those, those, there are like different kind of classifications of the ancient hero, and that's one of them, right? Those who meet untimely deaths. Mm -hmm. Mythology is filled with examples. It's replete with examples of, of heroes and heroines who have met untimely deaths and continue to, uh, well, uh, of individuals who meet untimely deaths and become heroes, right? That take on a supernatural quality. So this whole thing has connections with, with ancient mythology. Of course it does. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. it, you know, the, the ancient Greeks, much like us, were not blind to the utility of the hero. That's what yeah. I would say about that, you know? Um, yeah, they, and just like us, understood its yeah. power, right? Yeah. And, and, and like we had talked before, even in other podcasts about, we're, we would say things like we're in the midst of, before the pandemic, we're in the midst of a, of a heroic renaissance. Look at all the heroic narrative that is surrounding our lives, right? Mm -hmm. Again, what does it talk, what does it speak to? Why is it about why is this occurring, right? It's, it's, it's in response to something. Those heroes are mirrors, right? They're telling us that, you know, our society has a few large holes in it, right? And, you know, what, what is it? And what are those things? Right. Um, and they're really good sounding boards and just finding out what those things are, even in this conversation that we've had now is, uh, you know, quite illuminating in a sense, because you can say hero, hero, hero till you blue in the face. But you got to look beyond that and see what it is that's pushing that up. Right. Mm -hmm. Whether it be uh militarism whether it be a fear whether it be a pandemic whether it be political rhetoric polarization who knows right um all these things come up and in these types of environments of stress the hero arises right and it can often serve as a distraction but it's also a safety valve right so it's a couldn't be an alarm bell it could be a canary in the coal mine for saying hey listen this now it's time for us, generally, whatever it may be, to do something. It's like what you were saying earlier, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's very complicated. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, that feels like it's, such a pathetic understatement. But but I think it's something that that we need to be aware of and need to need to be thinking about when we hear this this word heroic is to ask a little more deeply why yeah why is exactly. it being used yeah, but that that's my point and and yeah. i think i think you I think you see it too and like the, one of the things that, that that shocks me as well is the idea of how quickly how easily how readily we're willing we all whatever mm -hmm. whom we are to shift someone into the heroic that decision by someone else to to shift someone into heroic is a frightening thing because that that's the first step in trying to exert some sort of control over a situation where you have none. And mm -hmm. we all want control, right? Especially during a pandemic, right? So these sort of threatening societal forces are out there. And then all of a sudden someone, not yourself, not you, comes and says, oh, you're a hero. It's like, oh my God, you've taken away all my agency. I, I might be comfortable with it, I might not be comfortable with it, but what I, I am now, well now, what does that mean, right? 
am I just supposed to like, um, you know, go silently onto that good night or, or what, you know? So you got to be really careful because that, that lust, that desire that, yeah, to, to exert control, right. Is someone else's control over you. And I think that's the con connecting tissue to all these sort of instances of heroic rhetoric that we're seeing in all these sort of modern sources that are all sort of bubbling up right around now, right around the time of the pandemic. Yeah, and because and there are a lot of issues that are going on, even aside from the pandemic. So I was I, I was writing something the other day that mm -hmm. um was about the before times. Yeah. And 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 I was like, I don't even remember what was in the news. And I had to Google, like, what were the big issues? And we had a lot of big issues that we were already dealing with. A lot of things that, oh, that you, maybe we felt. Of, hmm? Did you get a list? I was thinking like. So, okay. So there was, there was impeachment happening in yeah. the United States. Yeah. Um, Meghan and Harry were moving away from the UK. And that was a big yeah. royal well, I, I mean, I don't know if it's a big C crisis, but that was going on. Right. Um, here in Canada, we had the Wet'suwet'en First Nations protests against the the, the uh, gas pipeline, and that had caught on across the country. Within Ontario, we were we were facing a teacher strike. Like there there were a lot of issues already going on before the pandemic, and totally. so that that need for control um, is. Yeah, I, I can totally see that, that, that using the heroic narrative as a way to exert some kind of organization or control over something that nobody has. I mean, re realistically, it's a tiny little virus and there's, there are, you know, there's things we can do, obviously, to, to slow it. And, you know, you should be listening to your, to your health prof uh, professionals and what they're telling you and your scientists. Um, but there's not a lot that we as individuals can do to really control it. Yeah. Did, did you, the other thing too, that I find quite frightening yeah, and, it, and it's interesting because that's why I asked you for a list because that was my natural, my natural thing this, this morning when I was thinking about it, I was like, okay, so here we are in this blind spot called, you know, coronavirus in the midst of the pandemic talking about heroic rhetoric. So most of the things that we're going to be saying are informed by that, but it's a big, bright, blinding light. But the idea of the hero still being used before that, if we could just fantasize that we're just shut off coronavirus for a moment, there is a long, long, long list of things that were happening that were part of this heroic renaissance that we were talking about before that catalyzed the rise of the hero in the modern context and in formed its presentation in all the media that we consume in every single thing that we read right mm -hmm. so whether it was whether it was impeachment or the me too movement or the russian hoax or this, you know um you know the the wetsuetan situation or whatever it was right there were always heroes being propped up and presented right so this is this is something that I think that again speaks to the sort of everlasting power and the sort of ingenuity and the utility of the heroic moniker. It's just that I'm always worried that some somehow somewhere along the way, especially in this particular instance with pandemic, someone's just gonna, you know, open the safety valve, or just someone's gonna just pierce the hole in it. It's gonna lose all its power, right? But I think that those sort of rises and and um, destructions, those sort of um, moments of of transformation are essential, right? And the hero is one of those. 
And it, it's it's interesting that you bring it up with impeachment. And we are not a politics podcast, and we are not going to um, get into politics. But simply from the viewpoint of the heroic, what I saw happening there was mm -hmm. that Mueller was set up as this hero that was going to save the republic, and yeah. he didn't he didn't do his job in the way that people wanted, perhaps wanted or expected him to do it, mm -hmm. and. And then he got, at least publicly, backlash because he had been set up as this, as this hero figure that 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 was going to to save it. So yeah, in in whatever the situation is, we're we're always looking for some kind of hero figure who is going to swoop in and and save the day. And it doesn't yeah. always work out how if we it want it to. It's out. not like in the movies. <laughs> It's not like the movies. And sometimes they do just sort of silently disappear onto that good night. Yeah. But you know, one of the things, too, is about the next step, right? Like, that was the past. Now, here is the now, right? Yeah. And this is something, too, that I'm thinking about as far as heroic rhetoric is concerned. Is this is our next step sort of in this sort of heroic march to face this, you know, um, pandemic, COVID-19, this this David and Goliath story that's sort of being set up, right? Is if you, you'll notice how now... Um, uh, our athletes, sort of the, the traditional societal heroes, are the ones yes. that are going to be leading the vanguard uh, to our return to the normal. I'll put my hair quotes around for those people who can't see. So, you know, to, to the normal, to the past, to what was. It's a panacea. It's like nostalgia. It's like, oh, I could just go and watch a baseball game again. So here these guys are, much like these sort of people that we've sort of set up as our healthcare workers. Now we have our professional athletes. Well, wow, professional athletes, what a connection to the ancient past, right? They're heroes unto themselves, right? So yes. now we're going we're gonna to throw them forward and we're going to say, okay, you guys are going to lead the charge back to the past, yeah. right? Or maybe I should say back to the future, right? <laughs> because whatever destination they arrive at and whatever it is we're watching won't look anything like where we left. Yeah, right. and 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 sports hero. I mean, that's a whole other um, podcast episode that we can unpack what yeah. heroes mean mean in sports. But that's always something that comes up, it, coming back to kind of where where we started with well, that hopefully. first class with with our students. There's always sports heroes, right? Yeah. And and those um, and in fact, um, there was a sports hero news because Kobe Bryant had had died just before sometime just. In, just before the pandemic. And that was a big sports news, right? Because a big basketball hero had, yeah, uh, and had, had died. And and sports heroes are incredibly complicated. I mean, just like any of our heroes are. I, I think the only, I was going to say, the only the only simplest heroes we find are, are on the screen, and they are not simple by any stretch of the imagination. Not often. Sometimes they need to be, just in order to kind of in order to, you know, yeah. fill the simple role of making yourself feel good. But, you know, ever since the last of the heroes, we had um, the example that is from the archaic, well, from the archaic period, from the classical period, that Cleomenes of Astaphalia, he is an athlete who was deemed by the Delphic Oracle as being the last of the heroes, and he was an athlete. Mm -hmm. He didn't do very good things, but... <laughs> and it's interesting. Um, I haven't been watching it. I don't have Netflix right now, but I, I think it's on Netflix. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've heard discussion of this in some, in some of the podcasts I listen to, and, and I've seen it on Twitter, is the Michael Jordan... Um, I'm blanking out on the name of it, but it's a, it's a series. Yeah, yeah, the uh, last, uh, last Dance or something... 
what, what's it called? I don't know how to watch it. Okay, I'm gonna pause. We're gonna edit this out. Okay. I'm gonna pause it and Google Michael Jordan. Last Dance. It is Last Dance. Okay. Oh, All right. So, 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 in terms of the of the sports hero too, something else that's really interesting right now is the uh, Michael Jordan, who is a lot of people's heroes or was a lot of people's heroes. Uh, hero is um, is the current documentary about his life, Last Dance, that has been getting a lot of attention and that has come out since since the pandemic. So, th there's a, there's an interesting. Well, just just heroics, right? Like, like here's we're we're looking for heroes in this in this time of uncertainty and pandemic. And here is a hero, kind of from the past, who has put himself forward in this in this documentary series on Netflix, I think. So I was just thinking about that, just just in terms of of, of the timing of that as well, and of course, and heroes. Yeah. Yeah, they they they've been the traditional heroes of society since the archaic period, right? Yeah. Mythological heroes are hero athletes. Epic heroes are hero athletes, right? Mm -hmm. Out doing hero things, they're out doing athletic things. Right? Yeah. Anyway, athletic heroes needs to be its own podcast. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, okay. We'll <laughs> because it's yeah. So, um, I don't know. Have well, have we reached? Did just sell. For five hundred and sixty thousand dollars, a pair of Nike shoes just sold at Sotheby's on auction for five hundred and sixty thousand dollars, three times what they were expected to, uh, and so that is a heroic artifact. That's an athletic artifact uh, to someone who has been valorized. And in this particular time, it's interesting that 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 uh, you know uh, they have sold for that much during this you know moment in time, this moment in history. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So have we come to any conclusions about heroic rhetoric or have we just kind of opened a big can of worms? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I have any answers, but I, I, I like the areas of thinking that, that we have explored. And, and, and the thing that I know I already mentioned this, but it has really come out of this conversation for me. So like in, in, in this moment is this idea of using of the, of the heroic rhetoric being for us non frontline um, people being and and having some use in that societal sense of bringing people together, but also having um, also being detrimental, to, and the potential um, to be harmful to those we actually label as heroes. So that's my conclusion. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go away and think about that some more. And with the, who knows, there might we, we might need to have another podcast to sort it out. <laughs> Well, it is. And in, in, in part of my research is the idea of, at least in, in the notion that's connected to heroic narrative, that the first few steps that transform a normal person into a hero are those moments of, um, of reaction or reflection to a crisis. And a crisis transforms a person. And the difference between a hero and a normal person is phase one. It's very Campbellian in a way, but the heroic decision. And heroes need agency and heroes need to decide for themselves. If they decide to take the next step and transition into becoming something else, or they stay where they are, that's the moment, that's the liminal stage. So um, that's something that I think about. And I'm, I'm, I also see that the heroic, that heroic rhetoric is part of a larger sort of complex of, 
um, of metaphors that are all sort of linked together. And we talked a little bit more about them, sort of the martial or the war metaphor and the political and the democratic and, and, and so on, right? The fascist, um, how easily this word can be hijacked and used as a um, shorthand uh, for um, anyone's political or particular agenda. Let me put it that way. So uh, it's a very, it's a very potent word. It's a very powerful word that I don't think is going anywhere anytime soon. So that's the sort of things that I, I'm thinking about as far as the uh, modern heroic rhetoric is concerned in this context of the COVID-19 pandemic. All right. So I think we will leave today's podcast on that very thoughtful note. And who knows, there might be another one in the <laughs> another podcast episode in the works <laughs> to, to explore some of these other ideas that you brought up. <laughs> Okay, we'll try. So thank you very much for joining us for another episode of Myth Take. Uh, fresh take on ancient myth. I am Allison Innes. You can find me on Twitter at Innes Allison. You can also find uh, the podcast on Twitter where we tweet about classical things in general at Myth Take Podcast. And I am Darren Sundstrom and you can find me on Twitter at, at Darren Sundstrom. And we also have the podcast uh, website, mythtake.org blog and you can find us there let us know what you think and we'll be back sometime good luck <laughs> i've forgotten our at a mistake at mistake uh, no it's like mistake podcast or something Oh, man. Terrible. <laughs> there. I think we have something we can work with. <laughs> I guess. How are you going to figure gonna that out? There's going to be a lot of cutting and pasting. There's going to be a lot of cutting and pasting for this oh. episode. Oh. <laughs> We're a little out of practice. <laughs>